I went home. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep for months. I was exhausted. Your mind just turns on like you'd be asleep. You can actually get to sleep for a short period. And then you wake up and then your mind is racing. All the things you want to say to them and all the things you're thinking of. It was just, I was a mess. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. This is episode 92, and I am speaking with Paris. Hi, Paris. Hey, Lily. Okay, you found out March 2020. Yes. And we're going to hear your story today. You're welcome to start wherever you want. Okay. Um, Would you like to start at the beginning and tell us a little bit about your family? I will. I'll start with a little bit about my mom and my birth certificate father. So my mom, it's kind of pertinent to her story is both her parents were alcoholics. Um, Her father was very abusive and... Uh, her mom tried to commit suicide when mom was a teenager. I think all that affected her quite a lot. The family was pretty status conscious. They were like into the country club and made her do the debutante ball thing, uh, which she hated every minute of. So she was a little bit rebellious. And then um, my birth certificate father, his name was Tom and both his parents died from tuberculosis when he was five years old. So he went to live for a little while with his family in Baltimore. Um, But the story goes, they weren't taking very good care of him. So his aunt and uncle, his father's sister, um, adopted him when he was a little boy. So they loved him. They could never have children. So he was everything to them. Uh, So as far as how I got here, my mother got pregnant when she was 19 and she was in college. When she found out she was pregnant, uh, she had to get married. My uh, Tom was in the Army Reserves and playing minor league baseball. He was a professional baseball player when they got married. Of course, the marriage didn't last. When I was about two, we moved out and they divorced when I was three. Mom and I didn't have a very, very much money. She didn't get a lot of help from, she didn't get any child support from him. And her story was because he didn't make much money that she didn't want to ask him for child support. She wanted to make it on her own. She was working as a secretary for the government making not very much money, but she kept moving up. And every year or so we would move into a nicer apartment as she made more money. Um, I would only see Tom on holidays and I always call him the holiday dad. Uh, 
I would see him on the holidays. He would come for like my birthday or Christmas. We would see him. Mostly it was at our house, some or my, or his parents' house, my grandparents. I never saw where he lived. Um, he would pick me up and we would like go straight to my grandparents' house. And I remember wishing that he would love me and wishing that he would spend more time with me and want to do things with me. But that was never the case. And I remember as a little child crying, um, I want my daddy and, and like thinking back, how does a mother let her kid do that and not tell him the truth? But anyway, um, family gatherings were always at his parents' house. His, his mother was one of nine children. So there was lots of family around and we would, my mom would take me and leave me there and he never really paid attention to me. And I thought it was weird that all the other kids' dads did stuff with them and paid attention, but I just never felt like I fit in. Um, except for my grandparents, they loved me and spoiled me rotten and they were awesome. Um, they used to like come to my preschool when I would have events and they were just great. Even when I got older, when I could drive, I would drive myself over to my grandparents' house and see if they needed anything done or work in the garden with my grandma. And she was, they were very special to me. Um, when I was about nine, we had to move to Texas for my mom's job. Uh, and when we were there, she got really sick with something called polymyositis, which is like attacks your muscles. Um, made her very weak and she would fall. And I remember having to help her out of the bathtub because she couldn't get out. And she said that she thought that she was going to die. She didn't know if she was going to make it. So she decided I needed to be much more independent. So I ended up taking on a lot of responsibilities and I was a latchkey kid and things changed at that point. And also while we were there, she got married again to my stepfather, who was a man 20 years older than her. Um, within the next year, we moved back to Virginia because my grandmother was dying and my mom needed to get more health care. And she ended up getting in a clinical trial at National Institutes of Health, and they figured things out and got her stabilized. After that, we settled in a little town in Maryland, a small town. Things were fairly normal for a while. Um, we ended up getting horses and just normal small town things. Uh, I didn't really like my stepdad at that point. Um, I can't remember why really just, I remember thinking, um, you're not my dad and you can't tell me what to do and all that. And now I, I don't know if he ever knew or not. So I wonder back, um, and I think about how he was and I was like, mm, he was probably the best dad I ever had until he started drinking too much. Um, I kind of wish I had had a chance to tell him that, but he passed away. Uh, high school was, there was a lot of self-esteem issues. I ended up drinking and partying and luckily I didn't screw up my grades. Um, but I moved out of the house as soon as I graduated and I would go stay with friends or wherever I could just to not be around my 
drunk stepdad and all the fighting between him and my mom. Um, Tom, my birth certificate dad had remarried and he and his wife were expecting my half sister and having wanted a sibling my whole life. I was so excited that they were having a baby and I begged him to let me live there. Uh, They lived about 15 minutes from where I was going to college and my dorm wasn't ready yet. And I was like, please let me live there until my dorm's ready. And surprisingly, he let me live there. So I was living there when my sister came home, when they brought my sister home from the hospital. And I just loved her and I would take care of her. And as she grew um, in her toddler years and stuff, I used to take her places with me. And there's a 17 year difference. So people used to always think she was mine and mm-hmm. We had a great time together. Um, So I really enjoyed that. Um, I did wonder, you know, my first name is actually Catherine. Paris is my middle name. And so they named me one name from each grandmother, Catherine from his mother and Paris from my mother's mother. And so when they brought my sister home and named her Kathleen, I was like, that's pretty weird to name one daughter Kathleen and one daughter Catherine. Yes. Um, so I, that always was a point of contention. I didn't understand why that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember showing up at their house one day uh, when she was little and they were having a birthday party. I was bringing her birthday presents actually. And they were having a birthday gathering for her. My grandparents were there and my aunt Nancy, and they had not even invited me. And I was like, what's up with this? That was hurtful. Um my birthday had been two weeks earlier and he hadn't even sent me my birthday card. He hands them to me as an afterthought. Oh, here. Glad you could stop by. Um, anyway, after college, mom and my stepfather had a really messy divorce. Um, mom moved out one day and took everything and he showed up drunk and trying to get everything. And we had to call the police. And so, Um, I ended up after I graduated, I moved four States away. Didn't really want to be around all that. Um, quick fast forward again. I was married twice and neither one lasted. Um, I spent five years in the army as a nurse and ended up living in Georgia with, as a single mom, my daughter was about 10, um, I've since gotten remarried to a wonderful guy and have two wonderful stepdaughters. None of the kids are in the house. They're all, all out and pretty much on their own. Um, my mom lives about two and a half hours from me. Um, she doesn't visit very often. She says the bugs are too bad here. So uh, she, I think she's been to my house. I've lived here 18 years now, and I think she's been to my house maybe four times. Um, she doesn't help out much. She may pitch in in a crisis. Like when we found out about my child had diabetes or nine 11, she actually came and got my child and my dog to help me out when I was in the army. Um, when my child was born, she came for the birth. She was there when the baby was born, but the next day she's like, um, I'm leaving. You need to be able to take care of this baby on your own. And I changed enough of your diapers. So I'm not changing any of these. Mm. Like, okay. Most grandmas want to stay for like two weeks and you got to get rid of them. Yeah. Um, 
but she wanted nothing to do with it. So, and then one time on Thanksgiving, I forgot to call her. We were going to my husband's family and we had all the kids and I had been cooking and had to load everything up and drive. And I just forgot. And not like the phone doesn't work both ways, but anyway, she would not answer my phone call the next day and still didn't answer. And then, so finally I called the police for a wellness check and she said, tell her to open her email. So I opened my email and there's this big, long email that says, um, since you didn't care enough to call me on Thanksgiving, I think that you should pretend I'm dead for the next year. Oh. And um, you and your child should have no contact with me. Wow. And that, and then maybe you'll appreciate me more. So they, um, that lasted about eight months. She finally, maybe 10 months, she finally couldn't stand it on my birthday and she called me. But things were never the same again. The, uh, not that they were super great to begin with, but um, now it's, I used to be the call every day daughter and now I'm the uh, call a couple times a week daughter just because she'll get pissed off if I don't. Um, so how I found out about my NPE status, it actually started out that we were looking for my ex-husband's family. Mom was on Ancestry and we were going to all do our DNA. My ex-husband, who I'm friends with still, um, my child and myself. So we did our DNA tests and you got to know, did she like do this? So I would find out without having to tell me, or what was she thinking having me do a DNA test? You know, Mm -hmm. that's like Mm self-sabotage. Anyway, we did, we did it and we wanted, he was adopted. So we wanted to get his family's info. Um, and we ended up, he matched a first cousin and we found his half sister and his mother, his brother, half brother had unfortunately died the year before we found out. It was funny because my ex-husband lives in Germany and his brother was living in um, Paris for years and they were like right next to each other and didn't even know it. Mm. Um, so he didn't really want to talk to his mom, but his half sister, they have a really nice relationship. So I'm, I'm super glad. And my, my child is going to meet his family and he has a, uh, another first cousin. Um, so anyway, back to my ancestry. I remember looking at my ethnicity and didn't really notice anything out of the ordinary, except I should have been more German than I was. Um, my father's mother was born in Germany. Um, but I was like, Meh, maybe, you know, you never know if these things are like super accurate or not. So I didn't pay and I didn't really pay any attention to my matches because we were looking for Aaron's family, not mine. I didn't know I didn't, I didn't know I was looking for anything. Um, then in 2018, I had one that come up that said close family or first cousin. And this person wasn't connected to my mother. So I was like, Oh, cool. I wonder why I have a first cousin that I didn't know about. And so I sent a message to this person and they never answered. So I didn't think about it for a while. And then 2019, I looked again 
Um, so I was going to message them again and give it another try. This time when I looked, I don't know if I just didn't pay attention the first time or if Ancestry revised the connection. I didn't know anything about Cinnamorgans or all that at the time. And I, this time when I looked, it said half sister. And I was like, what? And so I automatically assumed that Tom had had some other child. You know, there was a long period where he was not married. And so I assumed, oh, Tom must have had another child I didn't know about. Never in my wildest dreams would I have ever imagined my mother would have lied to me all my life. So I sent a message to this person. She was, uh, I think she's Lady South One on Ancestry. So I knew it was a girl. So I sent her a message talking to her like she was my half-sister with Tom. I said, you know, I wasn't really close with him. And we have another half-sister. And uh, we'd love to get to know you. And I called my half-sister Katie and told her about this. And she's like, she's asking her mom. And her mom didn't know anything about it. And she was excited to have another half-sister too. So, um no response. So January, 2020, I reached out again to her and no response. Of course, all this time I'm scouring social media, trying to find a way to find who she is by her ancestry handle and still couldn't figure it out. So I was at work. It was not a busy day. So I was on ancestry and I pulled it up and noticed a match for me for a first cousin. And we'll just say her name's Debbie Tullius. And my world exploded at that moment. That was the last name of the man that my mother has had an off and on affair with for over 40 years. Um, I recognized the name and I was like, there can't be any other explanation. So I messaged the new cousin and she responded and she's like, um, I don't know uh, I told, told me her mom's last name and her father's last name. And she said, well, I had two uncles and my, my one uncle died in the war and my other uncle lives in Virginia. And I said, is he the race car driver? And she said, yes, he is. And I just fell out of my chair. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I was like, mm, yep, I knew it. And she confirmed that I, what I had already figured out that my mother lied to me for 55 years about who my father was. Now you said that you recognize that name because your mother had had, had a on off affair with him for decades. So did right. you, you had already known about this on off affair. I'm oh guessing. yeah. Cause okay. when my mom was, um, when her marriage fell apart to my stepfather, she would tell me, oh, I'm going to uh, Winchester for the night. And she would tell me about the guy and she would go stay down there or she'd meet him in a hotel or they'd go out to dinner and, and stuff. And she would tell me all about him. I knew about his children. Um, I knew one time my half sister uh, did something about took the car or something. And he got so mad at her when she was a teenager, he threw her out. And said he was never going to speak to her again and was like not even allowed to bring her up. And my, my half brother and how, um, my, my 
birth father has his initials are RCT and then my half brother's RCT and I have four nephews that are all RCT now. Um, she would tell me all about this stuff and he would call my house and ask for my mom and I would get her the phone. You know, we didn't have cell phones back then. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to him on the phone and um, he would never agree to meet me anywhere. And I'm like, why does he not want to meet me? I said, he's kind of a jerk. And he was always dating more than one person at the same time. Cause she would tell me about that. He, so, I mean, he had been on the periphery of my life all these years mm-hmm. and now I find out he's my father. It's like, so when I first, when I first saw the name and I realized he was my father, I said to myself out loud at the computer, I said, my father's an asshole. I don't know if you could put that on there, but that's exactly <laughs> yes. what I said. Yep. Um, I was like, that's lovely. So anyway, I called my mom and asked her, I said, mom, is Bob my father? She said, yes. And I was like, I don't know why, but I said, I'm not mad at you. I was afraid she was going to like freak out. And I said, I'm not mad at you. And she goes, well, you have every right to be. I was just in shock. You know, when you first find out, you're like, you're like, not really, you're, you're alive and you're living in this world, but you're not. Yep. Um, I barely remember the next few days I had to leave work because at that point I was in such shock. I was shaking and I had no business taking care of people. Um, I went home. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep for months. I was exhausted because you just, you know, your mind just turns on like you'll be asleep. You can actually get to sleep for a short period and then you wake up and then your mind is racing. All the things you want to say to them and all the things you're thinking of. It was just, I was a mess. Of course, I was scouring the internet for information um, and him being a public figure, there was tons on there. I mean, I watched interviews and I actually saw there's a video. He has a documentary about him and I watched it and I saw my grandmother in the background and she's like cooking and stuff. I was like, man, you robbed me of all that. Um, So he's a race car driver and he's like in the motorsports hall of fame in Daytona. Um, His car is there, his uniform. We went to see it and it's pretty cool. Anyway, a couple days later, my husband and I went to see my mom um, to ask her about what had happened. So she said she met Bob when she was 19 and he was 32. She has a type, obviously. Um, she had a little triumph sports car and was having trouble with it. So she took it to the dealership and they said they had this guy that knew how to deal with these cars and in walks Bob. And then they started an affair. She's in college and 19 years old. He was married and my brother was already four, five. Um, So I knew as a teenager that I was conceived before she got married. I found my birth certificate. I remember asking her if I was adopted, kind of hoping that I was so I could have a better dad than the one I actually had. Uh, She told me that if abortion was legal, I would not be here, Uh, but that she loves me and she's glad she had me. When she found out she was pregnant, here was what she did. She panicked and she told her best friend. Um, this best friend had dated Tom for two years. Um, 
they conspired. Their 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 plan was to get him back from where he was at army training, and she would sleep with him so that she could pass me off as his. And it worked. He believed it, and they were married six months before I was born. According to her story, she went into labor early. I was really small because she was a smoker and nobody, nobody thought any, any differently. Mm -hmm. So there I was. And she said within the first year, she felt so guilty. She ended up telling him, um, they told him, she told him, they told my mom's parents and they told Tom's parents. So everybody knew my whole life and nobody told me. Um, my grandfather on my mom's side said he would pay for counseling. So they went to counseling for a while um, and he agreed to accept me as his child and they agreed to work on the marriage and stay together. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, I never felt loved or wanted by my dad. Um, one time I cut off contact with him because I said it was so hurtful that he never reached out to me. And I said, it would be easier for me to cut off ties than to know that you're not reaching out to me, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that letter in his drawer when he, when he died, he, he died never telling me he wasn't my, my biological father. I was at his bedside when he died and he never he never said a word, um, which the one thing that has come out of all this that I, I am happy about is I understand him now. I understand how he could not be super fatherly to the child that wasn't his. But the fact that he was adopted, you would have thought that he maybe could have. Mm -hmm. um, but my sister Katie says he wasn't like that with her either. So I think it's just the person that he was. Um, but I respect him more knowing he stayed in my life when he didn't have to. Um, but it would have hurt a lot less if they told me the truth. And even my stepmom knew we found out recently because, uh, she said something to him one time about why don't you pay child support? And he said, because she's not mine. Like wow. oh, somebody could have told me that mom. I, about her. Oh, she learned to fly. He was, he's a big time pilot. He has a bunch of planes and flies and stuff. So one time mom decided she's going to learn to fly and she bought a plane so she could go to the air shows where he would be and she would fly to see him and he would fly to see her. And she went with him to the islands. And I think the last time she saw him, I was, was maybe 20 years ago. Um, but she was emailing with him. I found the latest one I found was all up until 2008. So I asked, did he know about me? And she said, she took me to one of his races when I was a little kid, a toddler and told him I was his. She said his response was, um, oh, well, I think I have another son, son out there somewhere too. And he wasn't interested in having any more children. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as I know, that's the only time I saw him. I remember going to a race, but not ever meeting him. 
He never helped with any support, as far as I know. I never got to meet my siblings, my cousins, or my grandparents. Um, I do really wish that I had had a chance to meet my grandparents. Um, And the one thing about my mom that hurts probably the most is how she could continue to see him when he refused to acknowledge me. Yeah. That is the most painful thing. Yeah. So like we were talking about earlier, all this happened at the time of the lockdown, right when it happened. And of course the, you couldn't go see a counselor. I looked up on my insurance. They were just starting to ramp up the, uh, what do you call it? The video? Yeah. Telehealth. Zoom. Telehealth. Yeah. yeah. Those, they were just ramping that up. Um, I knew I needed to see somebody cause I was like a basket case. Um, and so I tried to figure out a counselor that would work for me. And of course they assigned me someone different and it was this poor young lady who had no idea about any of all this <laughs> stuff. Um, she was super nice, but she didn't know how to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing she helped me with was to see that my mother was damaged and it allowed me to maybe be a little more compassionate towards her, towards her with all of this. Um, so I started Googling everything related to NPEs once I figured out the term for what I was. Um, and then of course I found the Facebook support groups, which were a lifesaver. And I would be constantly scrolling through and uh, responding. And I just felt like I found my people. Um, Once I found out, I reached back out to my new half-sister on Ancestry again. And not having, that was before I like found the Facebook groups. So I didn't know you shouldn't reach out immediately to your siblings. Once you find this out, give it some time to settle. Uh, and make the best to make better decisions, but I'm kind of a fly by the seat of my pants kind of, and reached right out to her and my brother. I I sent her a message on ancestry and I sent him a Facebook message. I'm like, Hey, it was like a dating site. Hey, my name's Paris and I like to travel and Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. blah, And would you like to meet up sometime? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't hear anything for them from them for a while. Uh, finally, on April 2nd, of course, at work again, I received a, an email from my brother and an ancestry message from my sister that said basically the same thing. My brother's an attorney, and it sounded very legalese. He, they were kind, but they said, uh, we understand you're having, this is hard for you. It's hard for us as well. Um, but due to reasons personal to us, we, my sister and I, and she said my brother and I, just, uh, prefer not to have contact at this time. And there are no hereditary conditions that we know of uh, that you should be aware of. Mm. I hadn't cried yet. Um, I cried then. Mm. Having, having them shut me down like that, both of them, I was like, how can you people be like that? We're, we're siblings. We're blood. I mean, I didn't understand. So, um, I just, 
dealt with that. And so back to my mom, she has stage four breast cancer and she's on hospice right now. Um, my, my child lives with her. I was showing him my pictures of his new family on Facebook, my nephews. Um, Cause of course I'm looking for everything about my new family at this point. And my mom found out and she went off on me saying that the Tullius family was not my family and they never were. The D hearts are my family and always have been. She basically shut down any more inquiries into my father and their relationship. And so now our relationship is completely superficial and it's like the weather. What'd you do this weekend? And I can't tell her anything about my NPE stuff, which has become a big part of my life now. Um, and I can't talk to her about any of it. So, uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, thank you. So one of the pictures I found on ancestry is one of my first cousins. Turns out we look very much alike, almost twins. People can't hardly tell the two pictures apart. It was the first time in my life that I ever looked like anyone that I knew. And I'm sure I, I've heard this before on your podcast, and it's just amazing to see yourself when you never did before. Um, looking in the mirror will never be the same. Now I have my dad's nose and I see my eye color is his. Why I never thought about that before about, I guess I just didn't see Tom enough to really think about it to compare, but I, we have my Birth father and I have the same face shape. We have the same smile. Um, the cousin that I matched on Ancestry, uh, Debbie, uh, she's been wonderful. As soon as she found out, she, she started emailing me and texting me family pictures. And I told her that made me feel like a part of the family. And she said that as far as she was concerned, I was family. And that felt so healing after everything that, that I had been going through. We ended up getting to go see her and we met her. We had lunch with her and her wife. Uh, it was wonderful. She talked about my grandmother, things they like to cook. She used to spend summers with my grandmother all the time at Bob's house when he was taking care of, she was taking care of the kids. Um, and we got to see them again a couple months ago when they came through town on their way to Florida. So about my bio dad, it took me a while to be ready to contact him because I already knew what kind of person he was and knew what kind of responses I was going to get. Uh, I wrote him a letter and I sent it uh, return receipt requested um, so I could make sure that he got it. A month went by and the letter came back as unclaimed. Mm. So I second, sent a second letter by regular mail, which I printed pictures of... Um, my DNA matches to prove to him that we were related um, pictures of me next to him and me next to my cousin that I look so much alike. He never answered that one either. Um, at one point, my husband and I actually went to Florida and we drove by his house and we ended up going to like the restaurant in the neighborhood where he lives. And we knocked on the, the door, but no one answered. Um, so I took a chance around my birthday last year. And I called his cell phone number that I had found on the internet. Um, I, I said, is this Bob Tullius? And he goes, who's calling? And I said, this is Paris. And he's like, no, this is not him. He's not here. <laughs> <It's> like, 
I said, I recognize your voice. It is you. And he goes, how do you know? You never met me. (laughs) I'm like, well, you obviously know who I am. And I said, I had heard his voice on the internet. And he's like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not interested. Can you tell me why? No. I was like, okay, bye. And I sent him a text on my birthday with my baby picture. And I told him just because he doesn't want to talk to me, doesn't make him any less my father. Mm. Um, then this past spring, I was not going to let the old geezer die before I confronted him. He's 90. So I figured I was running out of time. Um, although my grandmother lived to be like 97. Uh, so this past spring, I knew where he kept his planes and his race car. And I had seen a Facebook video of him at that place. So my husband and I loaded up, went to Florida for the weekend and went to the place and knocked on the door. And the guy that works with him said, I said, is Bob Tullius here? And of course I'd had two mimosas before I went there um, for a little courage. Mm -hmm. And I, we, and he goes, yeah. Um, Can I tell him who's here? I said, yeah, I'm Paris. I'm his daughter. And he let me in. And so I walk up to my dad, he's walking towards me and he says, um, who are you and why are you here? He's so gruff. And I said, I'm Paris. I'm your daughter. And I wanted to meet you. And he's like, you can't prove it by me. And I was like, oh, yes, I can. Um, and I mentioned the DNA matches and stuff. And he's like, well, I don't believe in all that. And he says, I'm not interested and I want you to leave. And I was like, telling him about myself, hoping maybe he, you know, soften up a little bit. He mentioned that my mother was a dear friend of his for many years. So he knew, he knew who I was and he knew he was my father. And he just kept saying he wasn't interested and wanted us to leave. And my husband spoke up and he's like, before you throw us out, you should know that she's very accomplished and she's made something of herself by herself. And you should be very proud of her. Oh, Yeah. And he's like, that's fine, but I'm still not interested. And he said he was going to close the door and walk away. <clears throat> and so I I was ready to leave. I was like, well, you, I don't know if you can put this either in there, but I said, you may not have been interested now, but you sure were interested when you were screwing my mother back in the day. And that was my parting words to him. Um, and as soon as I walked out, I was like, I was so happy only because I wanted to confront him. I, that was my goal and I wanted to meet him. I knew he wasn't going to be a nice person, um, but I didn't want to go my whole life and not meet my father. Uh, my other goal that I have is to change my birth certificate to be, to have the correct father, which is, um, quite a challenge because he won't do DNA and my brother and sister won't do DNA. Um, my half sister, my, who used to be, Oh, when I called my half sister, she was, it was very sad, but we decided we would still be sisters. And so she did DNA with me and it did show that we were not related. So I thought that might help me get my birth certificate changed. But with the pandemic, I've, had trouble. I've not been able to go. I was born in DC and I've not been able to go up there and like walk in and go, what can I do to get this changed? I at least want to get Tom off my birth certificate and 
My cousin Debbie said she would help me, but I don't know if a first cousin will be enough to get it changed. But it really bothers me for some reason that my birth certificate is fraudulent and yeah. does not have the right people on it. Yeah. So um, hopefully when, when uh, if, San- if, if my cousin Debbie does a test, maybe that'll help. Um, her sister that I look like has since done Ancestry and matched me as well. Um, and there's one more sister. And I'm hoping when the pandemic winds down a little more that I'll get to meet the other cousins. I'm starting to become more secure about my new identity and found a counselor through someone on the Facebook group who's experienced with NPEs and she is helping me navigate my new normal. Um, I'm also working with right to know. Mm -hmm. And once my mom passes, I hope to get a lot more involved and do a lot more advocacy. I've been a mentor to another NPE recently, um, helping someone else navigate these uncharted waters helps me heal. Um, so did listening to your podcasts. They, they, they help a lot. And it's so amazing when you hear, you you just nod your head a lot. Oh yeah. I feel that. I heard that, that, Mm. that totally is me. Mm -hmm. And Really, I think that's what we all need to heal after being so hurt by the people that never should have hurt us. So I think that's pretty much my story. Paris, now I feel like going and confronting my birth father one day <laughs> after hearing you <laughs> show up at that at that place where his cars and planes were. One of my friends on uh, on the MPE groups calls me Paris the Brave. She makes me crack up. I love it. That's so. a great name for you. <laughs> I I I would almost call the episode that. Um, <laughs> I noticed on Facebook you use your birth father's name. Even I though do. He, I have not officially yeah. changed my name, but on Facebook yeah. I do because that is my identity. That is who I should have been all along. Yes. And I'm claiming it. Yes. Yes. I have thought so about changing it officially, but I'm like, at my age, I'm 57. I just turned 57. I'm like, you know how many things I would have to go change? So I am, I'm still thinking about it, but. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Now, I have a feeling someone out there is going to want you as their mentor. Is that a possibility? Not to put you on this, on the oh, spot. Oh, sure. But is. Sure. I want to help. I'm, I'm. I don't work full time anymore. So once mom's, um, once I don't have the, all that on my plate, I would, Yeah, I really want to get a lot more involved with right to know and the advocacy and help Cara and Alicia and um, all, yeah. all the people, all our people. That's I, Paris. That's what it is, right? It's one knowing we're not alone and two service service work. Yes. Service. I, I, I've been a nurse for 27 years now, and it it just feels right to continue on with something like this. If people want to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Um, They can reach me through my email. It's P-E-A-R-I-S-R-N, like registered nurse, at Gmail. Okay. Make sure you note that listeners, Paris, the spelling of that. 
And I will put that in the, it was P-E-A-R. Correct. Okay. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. And I think that's all we have. So I really appreciate this. I was the one nodding along today. And thank you so much for sharing your story today. Well, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate all you're doing for us. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.